Necessity is the mother of invention. So get ready for a mother of a ride. Gas up your laptops, your tablets, and devices, cause our asses are all quarantined inside. More and more every day, the world it feels so very far away. Less and less things to do, so pull up a chair and let us talk to you. I'm Summer. I'm Andrea. She teaches English. She's a historian. And this is the More and More Everyday Podcast. A daily blog and interview series to capture and preserve the stories of students and teachers in a world on the brink of change. 2020, the year of COVID-19, quarantine, and social change. Brought to you by the South Phoenix Oral History Project at South Mountain Community College. Welcome back to the More and More Everyday Podcast. I'm Summer. I'm Andrea. And Andrea and I are the co-hosts of this daily blog and interview series that is intended to capture and preserve the stories of students and teachers in the world uh, on the brink of change. So it's called the More and More Everyday Podcast because when it started, it was back in March 2020, and um, teachers were pivoting for emergency online instruction, and there was a sense of loss of identity, right, that we were feeling less like teachers um, because we were removed from our students and our campuses. And so More and More Everyday podcast became an, a mission of myself and Andrea and in some parts uh, my husband, who's a fifth grade teacher, uh, to feel more and more like teachers and more and more like students every day. So we interview teachers, students, and experts around the country, and students around the country also write uh, blog posts for us. So we do something every day that feels a little bit more, makes us feel a little bit more like teachers. And I like them more and more because, you know, I just the two big events within these few months, you know, first we had the, you know, the COVID and, and then on top of that, there's even more, you know, <laughs> so I look at it like not only that, but there's more, you know, that kind of affecting us. So Absolutely. it's kind of apropos right now. Yeah, I know. It's kind of a weird, like, obscure name, but we intentionally left it vague so that we could continue to do this research for as long as it made sense. We didn't have to get to a year. Exactly. Oh, well, Andrea, how are you? Talk to me about your week. What were your highs and your lows? Well, my highs, you know, were definitely our interviews. Uh, We had some really good uh, interviews and eye-opening um, and very impactful. So that's always high. My kids came, um, my East Coast kids, as I call them, they have come um, to join their mother and father here in California. And um, yeah, it's been great. It kind of gets a little crowded. Everybody has their Zoom meetings. So that's definitely been a um, a definitely a high and kind of coordinating everything and you know um, lows I would say just trying to navigate you know and now in California because I go back and forth uh, Arizona and California mm-hmm. and um, 
California is, you know, now it's sort of everybody is shutting in once again, you know, it's not like a lot of the shops are closing again. Mm -hmm. um, so you are kind of, I don't want to say stuck, but you're, you know, you can go outside, you can do whatever, but then, you know, you're in your little walls, right? So mm -hmm. sometimes that can get a little much mm -hmm. and, um, you know, so just kind of finding ways to, to kind of navigate through that, I think mm -hmm. it has been sort of the my new low. It really hasn't affected me before, but I think now, after speaking to our guests, and we'll get into that, just you know, we got to kind of pay attention to those little yeah. things that you know our new normal, right? Our new normal and way of doing things. You know, like before, I can just kind of walk and see somebody and meet somebody, and you know, kind of mm. get out of that funk. But it's kind of hard to, to do that. Um, you know, you got to really make an effort, right? You got to really say, let me go up and walk up the hill or let me go up and, you know, grab, grab a coffee, my second coffee of the day with the shop that is open nice. <laughs> with my mask or, you know, head to trip, something to get you out of your, you know, kind of blah kind of thing. So, mm -hmm. What about you? What have, what has been your highs? And your lows. Well, my low, um, as we're recording this, it's the, I think it's like the end of the third week of July. I, I don't really know how these weeks work, but like, you know, it's Friday the 17th and um, it's hot. It's so oh. hot in Arizona in July and it's muggy and there's no rain and, you know, it's, that's, that's oh. the usual slog oh. of July. Um, but there's an additional slog living in Arizona. Our, our numbers, our COVID numbers are really high. Yes. Um, the hospitals are feeling the push. Morgues and funeral parlors and funeral homes are feeling the, the mm -hmm. tension. And all the while, our state is also still trying to discuss how to reopen schools. Yes. Um, and it oh, that's feels, hard. Yeah. That's it hard. just yeah. feels like the dog days of all this. Like, oh, the dog days of summer. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> And it's like, maybe I'm being too nostalgic, but it's like, I remember when like late July was full of summer camp and yeah. oh my being God. outside and taking advantage of those last few days before school started. Oh, doing your last trip. What last yeah. trip are you going to take before you yes. head? I used to always go somewhere like Minnesota, you know, where it was cold. <laughs> but I, uh, right now it just kind of like you were saying, like the walls feel like they're kind of closing in a little bit more. They're shrinking yeah. in. Especially um, in Arizona. You know, it's especially around it. Well, it's hot getting hot out here also, but in Arizona, sometimes it's just like, Oh my, well, we did the wrap up show last week and and yeah. i was back in arizona and just so hot and i see your husband out there working hard i'm like oh how can you even go out there you know it's just it's yeah it's it's sort of that can really you know just also when it's really cold you know you're in, kind of when it's really hot that just kind of wears on you too and it kind of gives you you know anxiety too a little bit of anxiety and yeah yeah. yeah, and I'm I'm editing an interview that I did back in May with a student. I was just working on it this morning, and, and near the end of the interview, he said, like, in such an earnest, sweet, like, naive way that we all were back in May, <laughs> you know, he was like, I just wonder how long this will last. And mm -hmm. I think, like, two months later, we're still like, how long will this last? Like, it's just, I'm getting a little impatient, and I'm starting yeah. to feel a little cabin fever, but... 
the highs um, are super high. And, and I, I know I sound just like so cheesy, but like you, Andrea, are the delight and a highlight of my week. Oh my God, you too. I, I feel exactly the same way. I feel like we're doing great work. Well, when you're doing great work, great people with mm-hmm. doing something that you love and enjoy, then that is a high point, right? That is, yep. that's what we all should be trying to do every day, right? Exactly. And, that's and, what and we should be doing. So it, it's, yeah. And we'll get into it, but something one of our narrators said yesterday that, like, this is an extraordinary moment, and I've been given an extraordinary opportunity, and I best not squander it. And I thought, man, can we relate, right? We can really relate. We're doing just exactly that. Yeah. Nice. So let's talk about this week. Um, We published two essays, or, uh, yeah, two student essays that um, were written in the spring. All of these are written in the spring. So we have one from Tatiana, who was a new mother, um, is oh. a new mother, and we oh. had one from Lashana, who, um, Lashana's an, uh, essay really indicated, like, a, a deep-rooted, like, sense of faith and spirituality, and so this belief that it's called this too shall pass, that, um, you know, her faith will help her get through this, and Tatiana's was really interesting because she has a one-year-old uh, baby, and she was, her essay you could tell was really emotional and frustrated at um, people who were overbuying things she wasn't able to get formula or diapers for her baby she she just felt like she'd been slighted you know and so two very different perspectives from spring of 2020 um, for how these students were feeling and then we published our interviews with Guy Goodman, Dean of Enrollment Services at South Mountain Community College, and then Jessamine Newhouse, who is a professor of popular culture and history at State University of New York, Plattsburgh. So oh. did you get a chance to listen to any of those episodes or reflect on any of them? Yeah, I did. I did not. But that but I'm going to have to go. I didn't know. When was that? When was that one? I published Jessamine's yesterday, but the okay. interview itself took place on the 11th of May. And okay. um, Dr. Newhouse is actually, she reached out to me. She heard about our oral history project back in May, and um, she's a self-prescribed introvert. Oh, and so she said okay. she really wanted to talk about what it was like to adjust to online teaching as an introvert. And um, she talks about the drain, right? Like the and and this came up yesterday as well. The, yes. the drain on like, I no longer have a work home life balance. Mm-hmm. I am I'm at home working all the time. Yes. Um, and that was really fascinating. And and she's also the new interim director for her campus's Center for Teaching Excellence, which is awesome. Yeah. So take a listen to her. She's great. And then um, Guy, we've talked about quite a bit as well. Yeah. Oh, awesome. Yeah. What else did we do this week? What interviews did we conduct? Well, we interviewed the um, the engineering faculty from across uh, from colleges across the nation, mm. and that was just yesterday. And then on Tuesday, uh, we had Sarah mm-hmm. and uh, Sarah Simmons. And she, Simons, yes, and she um, talked about, you know, she read, wrote the article in Newsweek and just focusing in on our students of, um, you know, that, that was the focus of her, mm-hmm. of her article. 
and, um, you know, very appropriate for, for our times. You know, we were talking about that earlier. Um, yeah. She, we talked a lot about, uh, you know, I guess I was interested in, you know, what's, I had just received an article from one of my colleagues about mental health, you know, and I was like, well, I've never really, um, you know, thought about that. You know, I've never spent too much time in our counseling department or really understanding what the, is the work that they do, how far do they go before they I think they do a lot of referral because they're, they're the capacity for them counseling through any major issues, you know, they, they don't really do that. So they usually refer out. So I was really interested to think, okay, what if our students have, you know, serious issues that they're dealing with, you know, on a daily basis, mm -hmm. you have to be there for them. And then just reading the article that talked about how, especially students of color, which is the majority are students, they don't, you know, historically really, um, go, you know, get therapy, you know, it's thought of as, you know, not something that, you know, they should be doing or a little scared of it, maybe, I don't know, but um, uh, so just talked about that and, and the importance of having a lot of, a lot of our students of color feel more like their mental health services, that it's someone that looks like them, right? Mm -hmm. They would have more Especially they talked, this other article talked about, you know, how, um, you know, especially with the Steve, the um, George Floyd murder, then just, you know, if you're trying to process through that, then just having someone who maybe can sort of relate mm -hmm. to, you know, maybe being a black male or, you know, or, or the black experience, maybe that. So just, I talked to um, Sarah about that. We talked about that. Mm -hmm. And, you know, what do we do? Is there like one, an 800 number, you know, to, for, for our students? Um, and then she talked about, well, they're not really, because you got to think about different states have different licensing, mm -hmm. you know, with their mental health. So I'm like, wow, we need to look into that. How are we? You know, I, I don't, you know, if, if, if it's an emergency and you need to reach out to someone, I, I just don't know how we are, you know, able to care for our students at that. And that kind of really would, you know, you know, surprised me. And it really makes, you know, I really start to really worry about that. So her article was about um, the trauma, right? That even if our students come back to campus in the fall, which we know is really unrealistic across the country, but if it happens, they're going to be carrying with them yeah. some serious trauma. And I'm, I'm wondering what, like, what do you think the root of that trauma is? Is it the, is it the fact that we're being quarantined and we're being stuck at home? Is it the fact that they no longer, they don't know who to trust and, and this germ thing is so scary? Like, where do you think the, what kinds of trauma do you think they'll be dealing with? Well, I think the big thing, would, as I've encountered with the transition and then now in the summer, teaching students who were saying, oh, yeah, professor, I don't, you know, I, I, I didn't really want to take an online course, right? Yeah. So they're sort of, 
stressed out about that. They're, they know the type of learner that they are, so they're stressed out about it. So I think that's a big thing dealing with school. But then also, um, you know, everything that's going on, right? Yeah. The, 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 the protests, the, you know, it's just, it can be overwhelming. It can be overwhelming. And um, mm-hmm. that, you know, what, what, that, that's kind of what really, you know, um, I think the main focus is I've been through, I guess, historical things and, you know, my times and, you know, they're young. So maybe this is like some big thing. Are things going to go back to normal or is this going to be it? You know, so it, and even like I, I was talking to you early, even I kind of get, I'm going to say even I, you know, like, but, you know, I'm like, it can be too much. You know, yeah. I'm like, okay, yeah. I'm kind of sick of this now. And, you know, I need to, ooh. I'm getting stressed out. I'm getting irritable, you know, so we have to take care of ourselves. And I think that's, I, you know, I just, that's what I'm saying. I worry about our students and I worry that this trauma, whatever it is, that they have people to talk to and then, you know, or at least an agency we could refer them to, mm-hmm. um, just really concerns, concerns me. So. Yeah. yeah, me too. Ugh. And you're right. I think the protests, there's something really visceral. Um, one of the women we interviewed yesterday was mentioning how she didn't watch the George Floyd video for um, for over a week. Um, there's something about that video and the other videos that have been out there in the world for, you know, years now. Yes. Um, they're traumatic to watch. They're, yes. it's, Horrifying. How can you sit there and watch another human being kill another person? I mean, that doesn't happen every day, right? So to see that, it was just, it's too much. And I don't, I can know, I watched it, you know, when it sort of around the time when it did happen. Um, but now, I think it just came out with more of what he said and, um, just they have, they have more information and then they show the show it again and I just can't watch it. I, I, it just makes me, it just, oh, yeah. it's just traumatic. It's just traumatic. And, and it, and if you're already dealing, think about this, if you're already dealing with stress in your own life and you know, I'm sure some of our, you know, our students have, you know, you're trying to work, you're trying to, do this, you're trying to do that, and on top, it's just a lot. It's just like overload, you know. So, yeah, mental health is something we really need to, you know, focus in on, talk more about. So it was kind of weird that I got that one article, and that was from, um, oh, I wish I had it in front of me, um, Chronicles of Higher Learning. Does that make sense? Yeah. I think that's, and, you know, just worrying about, students across the country and how, how they are dealing with that, especially our students of color mm-hmm. who really don't uh, historically seek out services. So, Or who don't, who can't afford it and who um, are working, you know, 50, 60 hours right now because yes. their parents aren't working. It's, it's, they have so many things on their shoulders. Yeah. Yeah. It's like not a prop, you know, if you're a lot of our uh, students or just people of color, you know, my own family, right? It's like, you know, you know, you know, you don't need that. You don't need to talk about, you know, 
whatever, suck it up, you know, kind of thing, yeah. right? So yeah. it's, it's, you know, get it together. Don't be a weakling, you know, I don't know, mm -hmm. you know, it's not my family per se, but you, you know, you hear those types of things and, you know, you can handle it, suck it up. And, you know, we need to make it more positive and, you know, hey, you take, just like you take care of your body, take care of your, you know, your spirit. Yeah, educators also, you know, myself included. Yeah. So. What about the um, the black engineering faculty, uh, the team we interviewed yesterday? Talk to us a little bit about. Oh, I love that too. Uh, both, um, very, just wonderful. Um, so great. Uh, these these ladies. Uh, well, I guess we should maybe set it up a little bit. You know, yep. there was they black engineers, black faculty. Mm -hmm. engineering faculties did this video um, just protesting or, you know, I guess their way to protest or their way to uh, acknowledge, you know, the fear that a lot of, you know, African Americans have out there in the world, right? That, you know, it doesn't matter if you got a doctorate, if you're, you know, whatever state, it could be you. So it was this very powerful um, that they put together and then also, you know, very, you know, quite brave. Also, a lot of them are, um, well, I think there might be a couple who are fully tenured, mm -hmm. staff, but then there's a few who are assistant professors. And if I, I mean, I know the community college hierarchy, but I'm kind of starting to understand the, you know, the four year, uh, universities too, where if you're assistant professor, you're still working on your tenureship. So, you know, just taking the risk because you don't know, maybe there might be some backlash. I know everybody is supportive now, but there might be some backlash, you know, uh, for that. So mm -hmm. uh, just maybe risking, risking that. And um, I didn't think about that until they brought it up. Cause yeah. At least in our, I mean, I'm very cautious about certain things. I often say to mentors and people around campus, I'll say things like, well, I don't have tenure. So when I have tenure, maybe I'll do that. You know, I, I can be a little bit. But we don't face that same level no. as you do at a research institution. And so to hear them talk about, you know, some of the more senior faculty on the team protecting these associate and assistant professors with whom they don't typically work. These are people across the country in other schools and other institutions with other tenure tracks and, and talking about the two, you know, junior faculty to use yes. a kind of simple word, um, Dr. Long and, and Dr. Cooley, they were so protective of their own. And it was amazing to see these, yes. these activists and these intellectuals really take into account the fact that historically speaking, when African American faculty speak out at institutions mm. of higher education, it doesn't go well for them. No. Exactly. And being no. honest about their, and I don't want to say not caring, but um, just saying, you know, what the heck, this is important and I'm going to, you know, whatever. And then, like you said, um, protecting each other yeah. and saying, you know, it's going to be okay. I got your back type of thing. You know, I really thought that was just wonderful. That was Isn't that something that like a PhD who has a job at one of the best, you know, universities in the country, perhaps, yes, would feel that their job and their livelihood could be threatened 
yeah. simply because they say my life as a black person matters. Yes. That, like that should not be a threat. You should not yeah. feel threatened by the reality that a human being's life matters. It's just right. fascinating. And to you me. can't, and I just say it brave because we think that, you know, we can easier said than done. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, I'm just going to you know speak out or, but a lot of, you know, a lot of people don't, and I can't blame them because maybe they have families. They're, you know, I can't tell someone to speak out or do that. It has to be up mm-hmm. to them. Mm-hmm. But it just made me think of all the people who, you know, in history who have, you know, just been fearless and said, I am going to say something and I am going to jeopardize it all. So I, that made me, um, you know, think about, it. you know, courageous. It was pretty courageous of these. Uh, yeah. They were very brave. I, I loved that group. It was wonderful getting to talk with them. Yeah. A little. Mm-hmm. It was, yeah. What stood out for you? What, what kind of? Um... Well, I, um, with Sarah, we talked a little bit about like the, the root of the trauma. I think back when I first started thinking about this podcast in March, I was really, I don't know if you felt this way, but I was very troubled by the, the complete reality that sheltering in place could actually be dangerous for people. Some, some people are unsafe in their homes. Yes. And um, a place like school may be the only provision of, of safety and security that they feel during the day. And that, that could be a, a child all the way to a student, all the way to a faculty um, or, you know, a, a, anyone who works at a, a school. So I'm interested in the idea of trauma. I'm interested in like how, this quarantine is affecting us as a society, you know, not just in the way that we're like changing our teaching strategies, right? Mm-hmm. But like in the way our society is functioning, mm-hmm. um, which is why I think this podcast is just like, it's the coolest thing I've ever been a part of because we're truly capturing these little moments along the way. Yes. It's a history. Like, yes. it, it's definitely, yeah. definitely. Very cool. And so I'm glad Sarah, Dr. Simons put that article out there. I think it's an easy and simple read. So it's good for really anyone to read, regardless of your interests. You may not be like a, a social justice warrior like you are, or like I am, but um, the article's still meaningful when you think about just building your class for the fall. It's, oh, I think, really she good. had, um, yes, definitely. She, and her story was uh, very interesting because she has a, what I think, a, theater background is that what she was saying theater she teaches theater in texas but she also has like some very cool experiences working with the civil rights initiative and um working in like nonprofits. so she's got a cool story and she um some of her lesson plans she says she does has her students do a tiktok yeah and that was you know i wanted to know more about that i'm always looking i'm like how can i you know, use the TikTok for writing projects, you know, yeah. that that's really, you know, we're always trying to engage our students. So maybe you have your students write a TikTok script and then they swap scripts and then they have to actually film the TikTok of somebody else's script. Yes. Or if they, they can break, you know, we do the rhetorical, that's probably the hardest, the rhetorical analysis or maybe. Um, With regard to um, the other one we were talking about was the, the engineering faculty I, I, well, I feel this way about all our narrators, but I, I really hope we stay in contact with them. I think those, yes. those five people and, and their extended team are a wealth of information. Um, I think one of the things I didn't mention to Dr. Cox when she said, what did you like about the video? It's a, oh, simple, yeah. it's a simple thing, but 
the, the scroll of credits of names attached to PhD and knowing that they're African American and that they are in the STEM field and they're specifically yes. in engineering. That was so powerful. Wow, how powerful. Yes. These credits alone are powerful. And, yes. and to know that this is this took a this took an effort to get yeah. how many people 25 people around the world or around the country to to film these things. So I think the collaboration of it all, I think the initiative itself, the the, the thought behind doing this project. Um, I'm just so glad we got to talk with them a little bit about it because I think it's really meaningful. Uh, very meaningful. And I, I, I'm always seeking to get the answer. I'm always seeking the answer for what we run into with our own presentations on, well, how yeah. you know, in the STEM fields, there's no racism. How can I teach that? Math, especially math. Math is math. What am I going to do? So just to get... I, you know, from an actual uh, woman of color who teaches engineering, yeah. just usually it, you know, you have to think about, okay, so how can I, but she just came out with the, you know, what did she say in her the class? Hand soap, the hand soap thing, yeah, right? Yeah, there's a, the hand soap design to, uh, for color to detect color, so, and a, but only a certain color, right? Like a, a white person's color. Like a, a, a peach tone. A peach toned, and that would dispense soap. No one thought about what if you have darker skin. You know who's thinking about that, right? So that and that in itself is, you know, I would say prejudice. Maybe yep. a little. You know, that's that's, that's not anti-racist, right? Yes, and it the was like so simple, but she just came out with that. So just making people aware or future scientists, no matter what color you are, is like. And they said, she said, most of the, you know, the, what we do in, in, in the engineering field is try to make things better for, mm, mm -hmm. for the world, right? And create and invent yeah. things that, for that. And, you know, it, just by teaching that, no matter what color your students are, I mean, how powerful is that? Saying, yeah. wow, it, it, this really shows that this is not, you know, equitable here, right? Mm -hmm. And then I think you and I, to kind of make sense of it, not really scientific, I would say, but even in the, well, I can, my daughter used to dance, but even in the ballet shoes, and we never thought about that, I, you know, yeah. the ballet shoes are, are pink, right? She has a brown skin. We never really thought about that, right? I it just, in, it, I saw a program where it says, you know, there's this person who now is making ballet shoes that are a variety of tones, right? Yeah. So it's, you know, it, it really, I think that was really powerful and just doesn't take, especially in the scientists, doesn't take a lot of effort to kind of be able to point out those things, you mm -hmm. know, mm -hmm. um, and teach those things in your classroom. So I, I, I was really appreciative of that. Now I have, now when we do our presentations, I can always use the dispenser, you know, yep. this, yeah. So, um, you know, to help you know, some of our, our teachers out there who are, you know, want to help and want to make changes to their curriculum. And um, yeah, so I was really, really impressed by that. That was a great interview. So this week we were going to introduce a new segment, um, but you may not already, you may not have one. So no pressure if you don't. 
Okay. We're going to have you suggest a highlighted episode. So Andrea's highlighted episode, if you're looking to learn more about blank, listen to this episode. Oh. Did you have a suggestion? Oh, um, I will. Girl, next time we're going to have to write because I have so many yeah, that's ideas and just to be prepared because I'm just so, um, well, to learn more about um, culturally teaching, I listened to our interview for uh, with the um, engineering faculty. Mm-hmm. Um, also, ah, very good, mental health issues. Um, if you're concerned about your students, how you can provide resources, uh, or just to get you thinking about that. What about you? What did you... Yeah, since this is a new segment, I didn't really kind of know where to go with it. So I figured I should just look through some of our student essays. And um, because I thought about how Dr. Long yesterday in the interview said, like, he's really uncomfortable with the idea that, like, some of us are experts and some of us are novices, that that we're all experts in our own experiences right now. And especially in this COVID-19 era as historians and, and just people who care about humans, we need to know what we can about students' experiences um, mm. you know, a, a, along the way. And so I think if people are looking for uh, like inspiration and great teaching advice and suggestions, any one of our interviews are great. Yes. Um, yes. But if they're looking for like, what did it feel like to be a student in March 2020 to go mm. to the grocery store on, you know, I don't know what it's called now, WIC, it's like um, government, government assisted, um, like food stamps, but essentially yeah, government. I think it's WIC, or they might have changed it or something. Yeah, WIC. Like, what would it be like to be a student whose world has turned around um, at school and at work, and then to go to the grocery store and, and not, not have anything you need to buy? Oh, oh that, yeah, that is, you know, because I found myself, you know, and that, well, I found myself being very, irritated at the time mm-hmm. you know you go in there it's like you know and then I see this lady with like five gallons of milk it's like come on think about someone and I don't know maybe you need five gallons of milk but you know let's there's other people out there let's not go crazy with them and then being a mother and a young mother and just something simple is like let me go get stopped by I've been working all day or I've been at school let me just yeah I mean yeah. So angry and mm-hmm. frustrated with just you know humans, right? Yeah. At that time, I I can and you know I can only imagine. And I think even to be able to listen to an episode of someone who's speaking on it, it just kind of makes it saying, "Hey, it's not just <laughs> not just me. This other person has had this person, you know, it, it's frustrated, you know, too." So sometimes we it's good to kind of know there's somebody out there who's having those same experiences, right? It's not just, you know, me having those. So that's always, I don't want to say misery is company, but sometimes it can. (laughs) It can be. And I also think, you know, down the road one day, someone's going to stumble across this podcast and this blog and they're going to be a researcher and they're going to want to know about like the real experiences and, and it's hard because we're just a little local history project out of a little yeah. local community college. We're not funded by the Library of Congress, but it's like something that motivates people always is to know, like, what did real people think at this yes. time? What were the lived experiences? And we're actually capturing that right now. So yeah. 
I hope whoever listens to this, because these some of someone might find this episode or these these episodes in 2027, you know. And I hope if they hear this, they think, "Wow, I'm going to go to this website and I'm going to read." You know, we have we have over 60 student essays published answering the question, "How has COVID-19 impacted your life as a student?" Right. Um, you have real life, real life uh, archives, right? Yeah. Right. Just, keep building. Because you need that, you know, if, especially if you're doing research, you need, you know, you read, you have printed material, you know, so as a research, that what you, the researcher does, what you do. So, yeah, I see it as very important work. And I, I try to, I just, you know, make sure that, you know, I, I'm open if I feel some, you know, I'm open and I feel, you know, competent and, um, and what I need to say, you know, some people, Ooh, I don't want to say that, or I don't want to get into that. You know, I think a part of what we do is just having those difficult conversations. And hey, I may say something that somebody may not agree with or whatever, but I think just having that, being able to just say it and being willing to listen and, um, you know, work through it. But we all have our opinions, right? So, mm-hmm. yeah, so I think it's good, honest talk and good, honest research. Yeah. Well, we don't have any social media Q&As this week. We didn't have anybody texting or sending me tweets about what they want us to talk about. But I did want to tell you that we were highlighted um, on uh, one of our narrators is a sociologist out of the University of Arkansas. And she wrote a little blog post about us. And Why don't you have these surprise? First, you yeah. surprise me with the, I like them, though. I like them. First, you like little nuggets. With the, um, with the interviews, uh, the great interviews that we had this week, I was very excited. Yeah. And now, wow. Okay, tell me about that. Tell me more. I had to have my little. Sure. I'll link to it in our, um, in our show notes, but. It's a pretty relatively short blog post. It just says, need some teaching inspiration? The South Phoenix Oral History Project is a digital oral history of a rich but understudied part of Phoenix, and it began as a student project, uh, student history project at the local community college. If that doesn't get you excited about the relevance of teaching right now, I don't know what will. Dr. Summer Sherland of South Mountain Community College is one of the faculty founders, and we got to talk about online teaching in an interview that heartened me as I thought about how we can model and encourage good research even now. And she links to our blog and our podcast. And then she says, if you were an educator feeling a little alone, check out the More and More Everyday podcast with Summer and her co-host and fellow educator. It's wonderful to hear the voices of people committed to their students' learning and to the profession of teaching right now. Oh, my gosh, that's great. Isn't that sweet? So I was really, and I found it. She didn't send it to me. I, I found it by, like, I don't know what I was doing. I was like Googling something and I came across that link. So, Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. yeah. Cool that's shout awesome. out. I mean, we talked to some very, you know, awesome people and, yeah. um, you know, with honest, you know, real life situations happening. So in the classroom and out of the classroom, to be excited about it every day. Yes. So what do we have coming up? We've got, um, We'll publish more episodes next week. We've got lots in the bank, as people have heard. We've done lots of interviews that we're still working on editing and getting published. Who will um, be dropping next? Can you give, uh, I'm sure the Who do we want to drop next? We have a, yeah. I've got one interview with a student named Paul. That one will probably drop in early next week. Um, Paul's interview is fascinating because he's a future history teacher, Ooh. and he um, 
worked at a at a um, retail store that stayed open in the spring. Oh, I'd love to hear that experience. Living at home, yeah. so like there's a little bit of like anxiety and frustration that he's talking through, but he's also very aware of the fact that he is living through a historical moment. It's very cool. Oh, that's um, awesome. I love hearing from the students. I really do. Yeah. Who else should we, uh, any episode in particular we should try and help? I mean, they're all so good. I think we have some very good ones that we've done within the last couple weeks. So any of those. And I, uh, you know, I am going to this weekend, look, I'm going to try to help your girl. So as, as Summer has said, you know, she's the editor, right? So that's a tremendous amount of work. So I'm going to learn. She sent me a little video. So I'm going to learn to um, kind of help her out a little bit. So, you know, you guys will see more, you know, I'm coming a little faster. We're okay. trying our best. So, yeah. yeah. And, you know, if you're listening, if you're, if you're one of our listeners out there who's listening to this every time we drop an episode, you, you listen in. Like, yeah, you're probably anxious for, for each episode to get dropped so you can follow yeah. along. But I really do think it's likely that, one someone listening right now is listening like in the far off future right that they're just because like for me I just find a podcast series and I listen to all the episodes I kind of binge it and the one I'm listening to right now they recorded in 2017 so it's like oh I'm I'm hearing three-year-old conversations but they're they're still awesome you know there's a lot of people want the current but then some people you know they are historians they're yeah you know history right so yeah. It's something that, you know, interests them. So. And then in a couple of weeks, we'll have a few more interviews done. Next week, we're interviewing a softball coach um, on the heels of Maricopa's and the NC, NJCAA's announcement that all fall sports will be moved hmm. to the spring. So we'll talk with um, Brittany Matta, who is the softball coach at South Mountain, about how that's affecting our students. Um, okay, okay. Once again, primarily our underserved students playing in a community college okay. need scholarships. So what's going on? Mm-hmm. We're going to interview a team from St. Mary's College in San Francisco about their resource they put together in the spring called Humanizing Online Teaching. And they're an incredible group of women. I cannot wait to talk with them. And we just found out that they're from my alma mater. Yeah, right? and my alma mater. Kid. Let's in the Bay Area. I think they're the, I think we're the Gales, the Gales, yes. Like Gales. a storm? Like the word Gale, like a storm? Yeah, yes, G-A-E-L. Hmm. Oh, I hope I'm correct. Yeah, we'll uh, look that up. Yeah, look it up and, you know, hopefully I'm correct, but I, you know, I should know, you know, it's for my first master, so. Awesome. Um, yeah, but I remember going, just the campus is a beautiful campus, so I'm, I'm um, very excited to to hear them. So you've talked a lot about yeah, that'll be about great. So I'm very interested in that. And then, is there anybody that you're hoping to get in the future, Andrea? As we, I mean, we're really almost at the point where it's almost August, right? We're almost turning into a fall semester. Is there anybody you'd really like to interview in the coming weeks? Oh wow, we're just you know. I would have said you know the. The engineers, you know, but we have to know. So, um, yeah, I don't know. We'll just keep, you know, you're doing a great job of finding them, right? So, um, yeah, I think I think what what we've heard so far is, you know, um, good information. Um, 
very applicable to what we are, you know, what the situation that we're in. So I think, yeah, I keep it going. Keep it going. Um, people just seem to pop up, right? We just, you know, they just seem to pop up. So, um, yeah, we'll just keep and it going. What do, you, what do you think about in the fall? Would you want to be, would you be interested in interviewing some of your own students? I would love that. I would yeah. love maybe, maybe turn it into a project, you know? Um, yeah. That'd be great. Their experience, a write-up. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, definitely. That'd be great. Yeah, I would, definitely. I, I, yeah, you maybe interview and then do a reflection on that. I could see that, definitely. That'd be cool. Or maybe even listening to the podcast and doing a rhetorical analysis on the podcast. What who is, is our audience? Who is our audience? Who is the audience for this particular podcast? Who is the speaker? What is the, you know, what is the game or the context of, you know, the issue that the speak person we're interviewing is, you know, um, yeah, and, and the purpose. What is, what is the purpose? So, yeah. So instead of usually I do a TED Talk, so why not pick a podcast and do that? So mm, I like that. You can have oh, I like I my like students interviewing and your students analyzing. That would be a great project. I think. Cool. Yeah, we can put it, we got our oral history right in yep. there. We got our oral history project working on together. So I mean oral history is very important. And um you know we talked we talked about the project that I just really realized that it's a lot of times you know, okay I can get this information as a you know as a a resource or a source. So now it you know the value of it is you know, mm -hmm. especially if you're right, you know, I mean, who knows how long the COVID is going to, you know, last. Hopefully we're coming to the end, thank please. But if you want, you know, if, if an assignment is to reflect on that time period, so get voices of that time period. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Here we are, right. Good. Um, I don't have anyone in particular that I'm really going for this week, um, in part because it's coming to the end of July, so I sort of feel like, I'm giving us a little bit of a breather before the, the fall semester really amps up, um, knowing that people are on vacation and, you yeah. know, away from the, their desks right now, which is fine. So I'm feeling okay about how many interviews we have scheduled. Yeah. Um, I do want to put a plug out on the podcast right now. You and I talked about something, and I thought maybe we could make it official. Um, we are, Andrea and I are faculty at, a community college in Phoenix, Arizona, which is one of 10 colleges of the Maricopa Community College District. And um, our district has what's called an emergency grant scholarship for students. So students who find themselves, you know, um, food or housing insecurity, they lose their job, they're unable to pay their tuition, they can apply for an emergency grant in the middle of the semester sometimes. And this could be a grant, this could be a funding opportunity for students right now that could be really relevant. Andrea and I are um, pledging to donate $10 for every new follower, subscriber, or review or rating that we get on iTunes, Spotify, um, and the like. We are going to each donate $10 for every new listener, etc., that we get um, for the month of August to the Maricopa Community College uh, Emergency Grant Fund. Sound good? Yeah. yeah. Got to get the word out. 
Yeah. So if you're listening to this right now, find us on iTunes or Spotify, like us, send a review, do whatever, send it out to your friends, because the more people who do that, the more money we donate to these emergency grants for students. Yes. Right? Yeah. Definitely. Oh, yes. I'm on there. Great. Well, last thing, Andrea, what are some pop culture plugs or tools or things that you've been tinkering with this week that you want to shout out books? Um, oh, I want to shout out a book. Yeah. And it's an old one, but I found myself grasping for it today. I've read, I'm Eckhart Tolle. He was the writer of The Power of Now. Uh-huh. The present, you know, he was doing the being in the present moment when, you know, now, you know, with Oprah and, you know, she, all the other, we get stressed out because we're trying to live in the past. We're trying to, oh my God, what's going to happen? Oh Lord, I, what, what if this happens? What if that happens? Really on true happiness is focusing on the here and now because we worry too much about the future. You worry too much. You're forgetting about life that's happening right now. Going in front of your eyes, the experiences that one day you will say, oh my God, I wish I, 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 wish I was more present. It was so great. So just reminding ourselves of that because it's so hard. And I just found myself grasping for it. I don't have all of my books here in California, but this is the one that I kept here. And it really helped me. It helped me get off the ledge, so to speak. I mean, I'm not going <laughs> to or anything, but, you know, just the, you know, whatever. Whatever is up today. The new normal. Yeah. Whenever you notice that, some form of negativity has arisen within you telling you, wake up, get out of your mind, be present because there's only joy in the present, right? There's only, you, the, that's all we have is the moment. We don't, tomorrow's not promised. Yesterday has already passed. What you going to worry about that, about that for? So that's so hard to do, but it is very good to remember that and that's out of the power of now an excellent book um the, one of the best books to come along in years every sentence ring the truth and power if we only would listen to it so mm. that's that's a little bit of encouragement or if you want to go out and get that book i i recommend it nice thank probably you probably really cheap now you probably can get a really like maybe six bucks because it's he has a new one but um this one. Oh, and the seed of the soul too. That's what the, I, I always forget his name, but that's a good one. But the power of now is fantastic. Awesome. Thank you. Do you have any books? I have a book. Uh, I'll go grab it so I can show it to you. I got to plug Jessamine's book, uh, the woman from Plattsburgh that we published her interview on Thursday. Okay, good. Let's do that. Geeky Pedagogy, a guide for intellectuals, introverts, and nerds who want to be effective teachers. All right. Yeah, so I'll plug that. Um, and then I have a fun little story for my second plug. When I was in high school, one of my very favorite bands was the Dixie Chicks. Do you remember them? Oh, yes. Yeah. I, loved, I know. I loved, 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 loved the Dixie Chicks. I probably know every single song of theirs by heart, frontwards and backwards. I just loved them. Um, and as some people know, they kind of had a falling out with country music and the country music culture, uh, mm -hmm. in the early two thousands because they became relatively vocal in their politics and, and that didn't go so well, uh, with the country music community. Well, uh, in March they came out with their first single in like 14 years 
and it was called March. And uh, it's essentially a, a, a tribute to um, social protesting and activism and Black Lives Matter, right? And they changed their names to the Chicks. They took out the word Dixie because they recognized that, um, you know, in the 90s, the word, actually they reformed, I think, in the 80s. The word Dixie kind of had like a playful Southern connotation. Oh, yeah. And now, of course, Dixie has more of a connotation of racism and Confederacy. And so they went ahead and changed their name. They released a um, culturally relevant song. And today, the whole album came out, and it's called by the Chicks. And I can't wait to listen to it. All right. That is the first thing I'm going to do when we get off this call is I'm going to blast it the- for you. That Yeah, and it's great. That's a good, yeah, that's great, great. I do like the Dixie Chicks. I have, and... Um, you said it's been 14 years since they dropped an album? I think so. I, re- I read yeah. it, was, you know, a few few dozens or so, a dozen years or so. Yeah, I'm that way with Sade. She does something every 10 years. <sighs> she's past the 10-year mark now, but, honey, that is my girl. So I totally understand. And I think it's better. Sometimes they wait, you know, they wait until it's something that's really important to them. And that's the kind of artist that I, you know, you're not just trying to, sell records you know you you you're talking about something or something you want the music is really speaking to your soul so i want to get out it now i don't have to and it maybe took me 10 years or 14 years but now is the time so i like that well great awesome well we will not have our typical weekly recap meeting next week because andrea and i are um well i'm presenting for the southwest oral history association's presentation yep. and workshop on remote interviewing and Andrea is awesome and, and joining me as a special guest. Yes. So that'll be great. So we'll, we'll work out a different recap. Maybe we'll do, maybe we'll do one in August as our kind of, we'll do a dual week or something. Yeah, definitely. All right. Well, this was fun. That was great. Once again. So I'm, I'm excited about our upcoming uh, interviews and um, we'll just keep it going. Keep listening, you guys. Yes, please do. And if you have any questions or feedback or support, um, don't forget to like us or subscribe, etc., on iTunes, Spotify, Pandora, etc., and reach out to us on social media at SMCC History or send us an email at historysouthmountain at gmail.com. Awesome. All right, Andrea, go enjoy right. your weekend. Okay, you two have a good one. I will. Say hi to the family. See you. Thank you. Bye-bye. You can find us at southphoenixoralhistory.com. Send us an email at historysouthmountain at gmail.com or find us on social media at SMCC History. Music provided by Jake and Emily Speck.